0: Welcome back. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor at High Point Church, uh, High Point Online. And so, so great to be here with you, especially if this is your first time. Uh, Let me just extend a welcome to you. Uh, If you're comfortable, I want to encourage you to drop a comment in the chat. We'd love to help you get connected, take your next steps uh, here at High Point. Uh, We are a large family. And so this is a great way to connect. Uh, If your family is, is anything like mine. Uh, then you, maybe you enjoy a little Netflix from time to time. Maybe you like to stream a little Amazon Prime uh, here and there. We do. We love the, like the animal documentaries at our house. Um, I'll tell you the DVD series that we love. The Blu-ray series is Planet Earth. Man, dude, we love Planet Earth. Right? The, the, the level of detail is amazing. So learning about animals and things like that—it's just been super fun. And one of the things we were talking about this week that 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 we learned is that zoologists have 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 said that the red-tailed lemur, okay, is one of the more challenging animals to capture. Now, if you have ever seen any of the Madagascar movies, then you know what a red-tailed lemur looks like. It's one of the main kind of characters uh, in the cartoon. And off the coast of Africa, these, these lemurs are tough to catch. And uh, maybe they need to be brought to a zoo or relocated to a different part of the island. And so the Zulu clan actually figured out a very simple way of capturing uh, these lemurs. And they take a melon and they drill a small hole into the top of this melon that these lemurs love. And the lemurs run over to the melon as it's laying on the ground. And they stick their hand into this tiny hole in the melon and they get a handful of seeds. They love these seeds. And then when they try to pull their hand out, their hand is in a fist filled with seeds and they cannot get their hand out. Their hand is stuck. And you know what they will not do? They won't let go of the seeds. And so they scratch, they kick, they get upset, they get mad, but they won't let go. And so naturally, you can walk up behind them and you can capture them, relocate them, take them to the zoo if necessary, etc., etc. But understand the principle at work here. They stick their hand into the melon to get what they desperately want. They clench their fist around it and then they won't let go and they find themselves stuck. Sound familiar? Um... I would say it's something that we all do a little bit of, right? See, lemurs, they have a spiritual condition and they don't even know it. They have a heart problem. We're in a series called Heart Problems. And the issue that these lemurs have is the same issue that many of us have. And that is a little something we like to call greed. Greed. Do you struggle with greed at all? Do you struggle with being greedy? This is an an offensive question, is it not? No one wants to talk about greed. We've talked about guilt and shame. We've talked about anger. Next week, we'll be talking about jealousy and and envy. Uh, But today, we're talking about greed. Greed. And we don't really have problems talking about the fact that maybe we've had an issue with anger in the past or shame or a little bit of guilt. These things we're, we're open to talk about, but, but, but to confess that I'm greedy, that I struggle with greed, no way. That's not something uh, that that we willfully acknowledge. In fact, if somebody were to look at you and say, you're kind of greedy or you're struggling with greed, those are pretty close to fighting words, are they not? We detest and loathe the descriptor of greed. Now, I'm going to tell you, we talked about anger and the the need to, to, to deal with anger in your heart, and you do that through forgiveness. Doesn't make it easy. That was last week. You can watch any of those previous videos. Uh, you can stream those anytime you want. But this week we're talking about greed. And anger might be difficult to work through and difficult to forgive. Greed isn't necessarily difficult, it's just offensive. And so you need to buckle in today. Go ahead, strap in on your couch, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this from, because I can promise you what we're going to talk about today is most likely going to offend you. And that's part of what the gospel does as we look to have a heart that's healthy and clean and right before God and before others. What makes greed so difficult for us sometimes, might I add, is that it's deceptive. Uh, greed and greedy people, it oftentimes comes packaged and disguised in ways that appear noble, that they have good intentions. In fact, greed hides behind good intentions. Greed hides behind planning and saving and retirement. It hides behind getting rid of debt. All of these things that on the surface, might I add, are good things. They are knowable intentions. We need to do all of those things, but they're not supreme. They're not ultimate. And many times we use those things as excuses for ignoring what the Holy Spirit is trying to do on any given moment, on any given Sunday, on any given day, on any given need. Well, I can't because dot, dot, dot. And what we're really doing is working extra hard to build our own little kingdom. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and all of these things will be added unto you. But many times our lives are built in such a way where the vast majority of every decision we make is designed to build our own personal kingdom. Guilt says, I owe you, so you feel really bad. Anger says, you owe me, and so you try to extract a debt. And greed says, I owe me. I deserve this. It's mine. I'm entitled to it. And so we build our own kingdoms. Do you struggle with Greed. You probably do on some level. You probably do on some level. You struggle with anger, you struggle with jealousy, you struggle with guilt. These things come and they go. You have seasons, you have moments, you have days. Greed is no different. Here's what greed sounds like greed squabbles over insignificant amounts of money. You squabble over it, fight over it, get in fights, arguments. Greed is not cheerful. So cheerful giving doesn't take place when you struggle with greed. Greed doesn't like to share, right? It loves to hide behind savings. Oh, I've got to save. I've got got retirement to deal with. All true and all good. It hides behind debt. Oh, I've got to take care of this first before I can help this person, before I can give at church or give to that cause. It hides behind it. Greed struggles many times to express gratitude. Because after all, if you're entitled to it, why say thank you? Greed chases away contentment. Greed never has enough for the need at hand, but it always has enough for entertainment, for luxuries, for vacations, and for all the things that you want to do. Now, hear me, the... The amount of things that I just listed that are good things, going on vacation is a good thing. You need to do that. You should do that. Budget for it. You know what? That new deck on the back of your house or the pool or the basement getting finished, these are, those are good things. Great. Awesome. But they're not ultimate things. And they shouldn't come before what God is asking of you. Turn to Luke chapter 12 today. Verse 13 through 15. Uh, <clears throat> we see uh, in this moment an interaction with Jesus and Jesus tells a parable to illustrate what greed looks like. Someone in the crowd says to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Gotta love this. Something's happened and there's an inheritance at hand and, and they're coming to Jesus like, Hey, I need you to be the arbitrator here. Tell my brother, tell my sister, tell my family to, to, to divide this. Jesus replied, Man... Who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. Can I just say that one more time? That life will never be found in what you possess. It can't be, it won't be, it will never be. And yet, how often do we build our lives in such a way where we think and believe that if we just had this thing, life would feel perfect, it'd be good, it'd be grand. So this is what Jesus says. He says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll build, or excuse me, I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. See, there's a a deception, isn't there, with greed? Even when we read this story, this account, I'm bothered by this. This account, this parable is bothersome to me. It, it, it grates against my heart. and In many ways, it grates against the culture, right, that all of us have grown up in. Uh, if, if you're watching and you're in the United States, at least, you know, the American dream is at work in many of us in subtle ways, in ways that we don't even know. And many times the American dream, if you're not careful, is actually a, a, a deception that has crept into your heart that, that if you can just have all of these things and life would just be a bit easier, then, 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 then you're living the dream. You've got it made. And so we work and we work and we work. And we, and we build bigger barns and we put more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And we work towards the 401k and the retirement and the savings and the college and, and all the things. in the house and then the bigger car. And we continue to finance and we continue to go into debt. And we do all of these things. All in an effort to do what? To do what this man is doing. To have plenty of grain laid up for many years so that we can take life easy, drink, and be merry. I mean, does that not sound a bit like kind of what we all, in many ways, are kind of trying to live for? I'm not saying that, that, that again, I'm not saying that working hard isn't a good thing because you should. I'm also not saying being wealthy is a bad thing. I'm not saying it at all. I'm not saying that being successful is wrong or, or a bad thing either. All of those things are good, but they are not life. This is not ultimate. It's difficult for us. I read this past week that a Powerball ticket in California was just sold for $600. The jackpot was for $678 million. The jackpot for a lottery ticket is right at $700 million. I read that, and you know what my first reaction was? Oh, yeah, baby. I immediately thought of what I would do to have $700 million. I immediately thought, man, wouldn't life, it would be so much easier, right? And I thought of all the things that I would do with it. But the truth is, forget $700 million. Think of just Think of $100,000, right? What would you do with it? Most people think of bigger homes. They think of retirement. They think of a better car. They think of savings. I mean, all all the different things, college, debt, blah, 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 blah. We think of all the places that can go to make our lives better and to make our lives easier. Because this is how we build our lives. This is what we build for, that we, we want our life to be easier to drink to be merry for life to be easy and yet how many of us honestly take the time to ask God Lord what do you want me to do with this because it's not about me it's not about my kingdom it's about yours There are 52,000, roughly, 52,786 storage facilities in the United States. Not units, but facilities, okay? And to give you some context, if you add up all the Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Pizza Huts, you have a total of 50,000 152 restaurants, give or take. I know Pizza Hut only adds about like two to that number at this point, but you get the idea. There's about 52,000 fast food restaurants with the ones I just listed and about 53,000 storage facilities with over 2 million units. Why, What, what does that mean? We have all this stuff And we're saving, we're building bigger barns for a rainy day. For the moment where we might need something just in case. And we, we have all this stuff. But life doesn't, it doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. And just like the farmer learned the hard way, many of us have learned the hard way that an abundance of stuff is not the same as an abundance of time. And this man ran out of time and he ran out of time long before he ran out of stuff and he should have given it away. He should have let God's kingdom benefit from it. Somebody else benefit from it. Somebody else be blessed by it. And yet it, it, it was stuck in a barn. Greed is deceptive. Because we read this account, and honestly, on the surface, I think to myself, man, this guy's smart. He's wise, he's a planner, he's planning for the future, he's thinking ahead, he's saving. And all of these things on the surface are good. And they are, but they're not ultimate. And if you're not careful, you'll spend your whole life building your kingdom rather than experience the true fulfillment that comes when you build God's kingdom. What people desire most is is actually not a life that's easy, but rather a life that's meaningful. Meaningful. But the deception is that an easy life is, is a is meaningful life, meaning to eat, drink and be merry, that will solve all of your problems and it will, it will alleviate everything and you will feel maximized and fulfilled when the reality is when you begin to give and when you begin to share and when you allow your life to be a blessing to somebody else, that is when you actually experience true fulfillment. That's what fulfillment looks like. That's what purpose and meaning experience looks like in your life. It's not by having stuff. And I like stuff. I was joking with my son just a few days ago. Like I, collect, I love to collect stuff, right? I've got a leather-bound book collection. I like it. It looks nice, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Right, I like Funko Pops. They're like little mini action figures. That it's, it's a total nerd out moment. The kids and I, we like to collect them. We've got them you know, in our house and we have fun with it. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing. Sharing it with my kids and we're having fun. But none of those things are ultimate. They don't really give life. Bigger house might be needed. Maybe you need to be praying about it. But it doesn't come at the expense of God's kingdom. It doesn't come at the expense of, of giving to those in need, of giving to your church. Getting back to our text at hand, you know, we're in Luke chapter 12, and, and this is what Jesus is saying in this account regarding the man who's built bigger barns. He says, uh, You know, you fool, this night, your life, it's gonna be, it's gonna be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but isn't rich towards God. So the real question then is, what does it mean to be rich towards God? If greed comes in and grips our heart, and it does so in ways that is deceptive, Meaning you think that this is the life that you want. You think you're heading in the right direction. You think that by putting your money here, 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 and here, that you're experiencing life, but in reality, you're not. And your relationships actually end up becoming strained by it. Uh, your, Your family becomes strained by it. And I know this because I've done this. I've been that person. All of us have. Right, where we have allowed possessions and money and trying to get ahead become the ultimate thing in our life rather than being rich towards God. What does it mean? It's it's about God being the supreme treasure in your life. What He says and his purposes, and his presence. And in case that sounds too churchy or spiritual, we're gonna get extremely practical with it here in just a second. What does it mean to be rich towards God? It means to care about what God cares about. He's called you to be a blessing. We see that all the way in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 12 where where God speaks to Abraham and lets him know that Abraham and all of his descendants are blessed to be a blessing. That includes you and me. You have been blessed for a purpose, not to just have, not to just have bigger barns, but to be a blessing. By the way, not just like Southern culture blessing like like, bless y'all, right? Oh, what a blessing that is. No, 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 no. That, that you'd be a literal blessing to someone physically. Like as if your life is making a tangible difference in the life of somebody else. How does that happen? How, how do we fight this in our heart? What do we do? I mean, deception, inherently, you don't see it. You don't know that it's happening, right? And so we have to build in habits, disciplines that naturally help cultivate that spiritual muscle in a way that guards your heart from becoming greedy. And the way we do that is by building habits of generosity, habits of sharing, habits of sewing in to other things, Of giving away as a pastor you know I've been doing this for a hot minute now uh, as a pastor about 20 years and here's a common theme that takes place somebody is in need and they and they are they legitimately are in need they need a pay raise they need a new job you know they need a breakthrough financially these are legitimate things and by the way, God loves it when we pray about them. And people will come and they'll say, Pastor, I, you know, would you pray for me regarding a new job situation? Would you pray for me? I need to be making more money. I need that raise. I need that promotion. And so that's what we'll do. We'll pray. And we'll ask God to, to move in miraculous ways and in powerful ways. And you know what happens consistently is that God moves in those moments. He shows up. And that person ends up getting that promotion or they get that financial breakthrough. They get that thing that they genuinely needed. But I find it fascinating that that when we have lack, we pray to God and we expect him to move, right? When we don't have anything, we're desperate for God and we're willing to pray for him. But when we finally have something, we stop praying about it. When I have nothing, I'm willing to pray. When I have something... Many times we're as quiet as can be. And it reveals our, the posture of our heart that we genuinely think that we are the owners of this, that this is ours, that we deserve it, that we are entitled to it. If you can pray and ask God when you have lack, then we should be able to pray and ask God when we have something you see the consistency there and the inconsistency there so here's here's what we want to do today we want to create a culture online in person wherever you're watching from a habit of generosity In the Bible, we see uh, this word tithe that's mentioned, which means 10%, right? Giving a tenth. Uh, It was consistent. It was regular. Uh, You heard uh, Gerald, uh, one of the people that that was before service, helping facilitate our time of worship together. He talked about the tithe and how it was just, it was a habit. It was something that people did, right? You didn't even have to think about it. And understand, I want you to think about it. I want your heart to be engaged. But I also want giving and generosity. I want it to be a natural habit in your life and in your heart. This is how we, this is how we develop the muscle to keep ourselves from drifting into becoming greedy. Is We regularly learn to share. We regularly learn to give. It's just what you do. It's who you are one of the values at high point is that we would be that we're called to be extravagant givers. And so today is a day if you know you're struggling with greed, come out from behind the excuses. Come out from behind I can't do this. I can't I, I can't because of debt, I can't because of college, I can't because you can. I'm not saying that it's always easy. All of us can give something in worship to God and make a difference and be a blessing. So one of the things that we do at High Point is we encourage everybody to text HP Info to 97000. You don't have to do this, right? But this is just a very practical way for you to begin giving. You can give online this way. You can set it up to have recurring giving. This is what I do, right? Because I want it to be a natural thing that I don't forget, Right? I want it to be a sacrifice. By the way, if your giving doesn't impact your lifestyle in any way, shape, or form, it's probably not very generous. Your giving should it should create a shift in how you live. It should cause pause. Right? Your giving should should make you hesitate. Right. There should be a ooh, right feeling because it's sacrificial. That's what it means to give an offering of sacrifice. It was something of value. It was something that meant something to the individual that brought it. And when people brought an offering in worship to God, it meant something. It was valuable. It wasn't leftovers. It wasn't just, oh, what do I got? What do I got sitting here? No, 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 no. It it wasn't that. It It was the first fruits. It was literally the very first thing that they had. And they brought their best And they brought it regularly. And so today, what we want to see is that you would become someone who gives consistently, regularly, right? This is for you. Yes, the church benefits. Yes, people benefit. Yes, people in the community who have needs benefit. But so do you because your heart becomes free from greed. We want to see you become a consistent giver. And then here's the other thing that I want to invite you to do. Become a a spontaneous giver. And that means setting aside a little bit of money, just, just to have 50 bucks even, right? I realize who carries cash anymore, right? But, but get a couple bucks out. That way you can give to that person that's in need or the thing that's at church or the thing at your kid's school and, and you can be a blessing, right? We want to be spontaneous givers. We want to be the kind of people who have the freedom to give, That's what we do. That's who we are. If giving consistently is hard, right, then giving consistently a tenth is difficult. Well, guess what? Start a little bit smaller, but start. Start giving 5%, right, and make it consistent. Make it regular. Make it every month. Make it every week. However you want to set it up, do it and learn to cultivate a habit of generosity in your heart. This is how we deal with the problem of greed consistent giving and spontaneous giving let's be that today father i thank you lord as we as we examine our own hearts and we as allow we allow you to examine our hearts god move powerfully god help us give us the courage lord help our eyes to see help us not to be deceived by bigger barn syndrome lord Just this idea to to just continue building our own kingdom. Lord, we want to see your kingdom grow. Help us to give. Help us to be free, uh, Lord, from the shackles of greed. Help our hearts to be healthy and whole. And God, let us be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Help us to be that today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to give today, you can do so very easily. You can go to highpointatl.church, click on give. You can also write from your phone right now. Text Info to 97000. And right there, you'll see a, a, a box that will allow you to, a little link that will allow you to give. You can give online that way. The steps are very easy. Much love to you. Thankful for you. Believing for God to move powerfully in your heart today. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.